702. Masterclass. Masterclass time. Let's talk ancestry testing with Professor Scott Hazelhurst, Senior Scientist and Professor of Bioinformatics in the Witt School of Electrical Engineering and Information Engineering. We take your calls on 011-830702 and your WhatsApps on 072-7021702. We'd love to hear your experiences. If you have taken the time to do any kind of DNA or ancestry testing, did you uh, uh, find some information you were surprised about. Clement Magnatella and I earlier on were having a chuckle at uh, Oprah Winfrey doing the DNA and ancestry testing. And um, it came out that she was a certain percentage of, I think, Ugandan. And she was so hurt, like properly hurt, because she said, I thought I was Zulu. I thought I was Zulu. Like, she, we all know Oprah Winfrey's connection with South Africa. And she obviously is here all the time, having an academy and a school here for girls. And the way she was so disappointed, because in her mind, she was convinced she has a percentage of Zulu in her. And she said, I thought I was Zulu. So I want to hear from any of you who may be surprised with some of the results that you got, that maybe uh, you thought that you are 100% Latina and you're not. Maybe you've got European blood in you that you're not aware of. Share with us if you have done any of this testing and um, um, also just any of your questions for your for our guest. Professor, welcome to the show. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Thanks, Rilu Pakhile. It's really great to be on the show that does so much to promote science. So please do um, help us by first explaining what is what is DNA testing or maybe even just the simplified version of what DNA is and why we would need to test and and then we will jump onto the conversation around ancestry and its testing. Sure. D- so DNA are, are chemical molecules that are linked together in very long, uh, bigger molecules called genomes. Each of our cells has two copies of our genomes, one we inherit from our mother, one from our father. The most important part of the genomes are the genes, and these are the inherited instructions to our cells on on how to respond in different situations. So for example, we all have a gene called LCT. And what that does is if we drink some milk or have some dairy products, that gene gets activated and through a complex process produces an enzyme called lactase that then digests the lactose milk. And as we know, there's some people who are tolerant to to dairy products, to lactose, and some who are intolerant. And that's caused by different mutations in the CT gene that mean that some individuals and groups are more suited to having dairy products than others. Okay, so... why so that's, we're, that's essentially what DNA is. Yes. It's uh, building blocks of our inherited um, material. Why would anybody need to test DNA other than for interesting talk shows in America on whether somebody is the father or not? So I think we're in a very exciting time in science and medicine where knowledge about DNA is really starting to influence the way in which medical treatment is given. Still in the infancy of of that, but there are a number of examples where it's used. So there's um, one important application is there are a number of occasions where medical professionals will want to test your DNA in order, for example, to assess which type of drugs might be uh, more, might be useful for a disease that you have, 
or to help uh, understand or diagnose uh, a disease that you might have. So I think we get to see that application of DNA testing grow um, tremendously. Then so, so, there so, are people so, like us who are doing more fun. Sorry, do you want to say something? Yes, you just wanted to ask a question when you were obviously speaking around um, how it can assist in the space of medicine. So would that also include the type of testing that is done during pregnancy when they're checking for any kinds of um, um, missing chromosomes and things like that? Would that fall under, under the yes. DNA testing? Exactly. Yes, that would be an example. Uh, the way that is done uh, varies depending on exactly what sort of test is being done, but that would be an example of, of an application of DNA testing. Um, or, or you might want to do some pre-testing um, before you decide to have children in order to assess risks. So that might be another, another example um, of, of DNA testing. So that's the, those medical applications are important and they are going to grow. Uh, then there are people like us who are, we, we recruit uh, thousands of people and try and uh, do DNA testing on them because we're trying to understand the background uh, genomic variation, particularly in Africa. Uh, we're trying to understand general interaction between genes and environment and disease. Um, and we also use it to try to understand population histories. Mm. So I'd say those are the main uh, the main reasons why DNA testing is done. And then, of course, as you say, there are many people who do it um, out of interest. They sign up with a commercial service and then they do DNA testing for one reason or another. I think what's quite interesting is... Um and I'm not sure what the the trend is at the moment in South Africa, but what I've seen in the U.S. is people sharing that, oh, I just went for a DNA test and because, or an ancestry test rather, and because of this ancestry testing, I discovered that who I thought was my grandfather isn't my grandfather and wherever people submit their samples, they can actually match you with your relatives, which I thought, wow, how crazy is that? So any relative that comes and there's a match, then they discover oh I have a sister or I have a cousin and I have this entire family in Mexico or wherever else are we at that place yet as South Africans where we are that curious about our ancestry or is it still quite a um, first world sort of privilege Um, I I think it's still very heavily weighted to the first world uh, privilege because one of the things that goes with DNA testing is not just your DNA makeup, but mm. also matches to other people that they have in their, in their databases. Mm. So uh, when you sign up for a commercial service, part of the service you're getting is the size of their database. And there to some extent you are, or to a large extent, you are dependent on who the customers are of that database. And those are mainly going to be people in uh, North America and, and Europe. Um, so it's going to be very weighted to that uh, that demographic, rather than say to to um, people who uh, people in Africa. So it depends um, to a large extent whether you're likely to have relatives who live in North America or, or Europe. Um, you, you certainly are going to match South Africans, but I think the the representation is much thinner than than uh, than uh, in, from people from the north. So um, I mean, that definitely that 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 point that you raised is definitely true. Generally, when you sign up for these services, 
you can decide whether you want your match to be made available to others. You don't have to make your match available to others if you don't want to. Uh, but it's definitely a risk. And, and we, we laughed at that story you told about Oprah Winfrey. Um, but, but I think it's a very serious issue. The reason I was laughing is just at the fact that in her entire being, she was so convinced she was connected based yeah. off of the Zulu people that she knows. And I thought to myself, how many people are walking around? And we know the reality of fatherless homes where kids don't know where they come from. And the part of identity is so critical. So for an Oprah Winfrey Absolutely. coup, we can laugh about it, but there are many South Africans walking around who are just assigned to, well, I grew up in Soweto, but I don't actually know what my culture is, what my thing is. And maybe um, once we get into the details of what can the, the ancestry testing tell you, like how detailed can it get? Will it be able to say you are 10% Koi and, you know, 5% Zulu, or is it just like you're black South African? Um, so, so I think uh, on that, that's an interesting point because you know, that raises the question, what actually does it mean to be uh, Koi or say uh, Zulu? Yes. Um, and and I, I'd say we're very wary of this because we want to get away from a biological description of that. I think those are really cultural and political descriptors. We don't want to slip into apartheid-style thinking. Mm. If, you, if, you, if your hair curls this way, you must be uh, this type of person. Mm. I and think what DNA testing can tell you is who your ancestors were mm. and something about how they identified themselves. It doesn't identify, it doesn't define who you are. And I think that's a very important point. So I think if you sign up for DNA testing, I think there are risks involved. It might tell you something that's unexpected mm. and it might tell you something that you really don't want to know. Mm. So I, I think you have to be very careful if you sign up and it's very important to you that you think that you are um, Ugandan or uh, Zulu. Uh, if that's really, really important to you, how are you going to respond if the DNA tells you something different? So I think you have to be a bit wary about that. And of course, at a more personal level, you've already raised the question. You you do a DNA test and then you discover that the person you think is your sister or your cousin actually isn't your sister or your cousin. And then some terrible family secret comes out. Mm. So there are definitely risks with this type of testing. Mm. You you may discover things you didn't know, and and that's and that's partly why you want to do the test, but you also have to understand it could tell you some very hard information that you don't want to get. So um, I personally have done testing and uh, I think it's a great thing to do for many people, but you just have to understand what the risks are. All right, Professor, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we continue with this masterclass. 702 Masterclass 26 minutes after 2 o'clock Today's Masterclass We are talking about DNA and ancestry testing With Professor Scott Hazelhurst Senior Scientist And Professor of Bioinformatics In the Witt School of Electrical Engineering And Information Engineering We're taking your questions on 072 702 And on 011 Professor, I just was having a thought Around the conversation that we were having um, just with regards to 
how people label themselves. And I think what you're raising about the apartheid system categorizing people a certain way, which... um, becomes more of a socio and political conversation. So maybe help us understand from a biological and scientific perspective, how does the ancestry uh, testing categorize? Is it by region? Does it say to you, your ancestors came from this region? And are those regions as detailed as, you know, northern parts of South Africa or is it, you know, going to tell you that maybe South Africa? So when you get the percentages, because from what I have seen, and again, this is all international, it, it, it is broken down into um, a person will say, I'm 11% Irish, I am 10% African-American, I'm 5% Latina, I am this, this, this. I want to know realistically, as a South African, when you go to do that testing, how detailed does it get and what, what do the labels kind of generally look like? Yes, so, so I think we, we try to avoid classifying people based upon their biological makeup, but rather upon their cultural makeup. Mm. And that, of course, is a complex question because it is related to, very strongly to where you come from. And then there is a correlation between that and the biological history um, as as well. Um, So we generally try not to classify people, but rather we look at people's own self-identity. And then when these tests are done, what they they do is they compare your test against other other databases they have Mm. of how those people identified themselves. Mm. So the example that you gave, you might be... Uh, say 50% Irish and 30% Greek and uh, 20% Ugandan, that would come from databases of DNA that's been taken from people who live in those regions or can very clearly identify their ancestry to that that particular region. Mm, mm. So, so when you go in for the testing, it's not just a straight, we draw your blood or we, sw- we swab your inside of your mouth and then we go ahead. We actually, um, um, you have to fill out, I'm assuming, a questionnaire that gives you an idea of how a person identifies. Uh, so you don't have to do that if you're just doing this for commercial, for, for your own personal benefit and you, you're paying someone for the service then that's your privacy and you, you may decide to share it or not share it. But the, these commercial services that set up these databases have either used data that's available widely in the public sector mm-hmm. or they've recruited people specifically and they've asked people that information. Okay. So there's been a phase already where those databases have been built up. And as more testing is done, most people who sign up for this uh, this um these services do disclose information about themselves, but you as an individual are not required to. You can just say, I want my results and here's my money and I don't want to be in your database at all. Mm. Can I say that I want someone like Professor Scott to interpret my results? Like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm imagining, for example, like when you go to a lab and a doctor's requested blood tests, the lab might not just send you the results. You actually need a doctor to sit and talk you through them. Are those services also available? So so if you're doing this for, for medical purposes, that's different to ancestry testing. If you're doing it for medical services, then for anything serious, 
you really do need to have someone who's trained to interpret the results. Mm. It's very hard for a layperson, and and I would include myself among that because I'm not a medical professional. Uh, I think you need someone who is a genetic counselor or who has been trained uh, who specifically to understand the specific medical domain to interpret uh, the results that that you get. But oh. that's a different application to ancestry testing. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so what? What am I? That's much more serious. Yes, and and that would definitely be you'd need a medical professional. All right, when we come back from Eyewitness News headlines, we're going to continue with this masterclass. I see your questions coming through. We'll be back with the professor to answer them. 702 Masterclass. We're in this masterclass on DNA and ancestry testing with Professor Scott Hazelhurst. Now, Professor, I want to jump straight into all of these questions that are coming through. 011-8830702 in the WhatsApp line, 072-702-1702. Professor, the first question that has come through says, where can I have the DNA and ancestry test done and what is the cost? That's from Losh in Boxburg in the East Rand. Uh, so there, there are a number of commercial services uh, available um, and depending on what you want to get, um, you would choose different services. Um, and I don't know how I can make that information available to you. Um, I'm not in a position to guarantee the quality of these commercials. Professor, oh, are, you st- are you still there? I think we just lost you for a second. I, I was saying... Uh, there are a number of different commercial services available. I'm not sure how I could make that information available. I'm not in a position to know the quality of those commercial yes. services um, other than the one that I used. In terms of the costs, um, it depends on how much money you have um, because you can do a range of different tests. You're probably looking, I would guess, for a useful test at around 2,000 rand. 2,000 rand. And then uh, how long would one wait? And and is it uh, painful, the procedure of getting the DNA? No, 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 no. There's no, there's no, it's not at all painful. You, you, you do a scraping on the inside of your, of your cheek. It's not at all, not even uncomfortable. Um, and then you send it in to the service provider. And when I did it, it probably was about three months from when I shipped it off to when I got the, the result. But that was done about 10 years ago. And I, I would think that probably the turnaround time is a bit better better than it was. Um, another question is asking, do they pay their subjects for sampling who come for the test? And if they do pay, how much? So um, I'm assuming that um, those that might pay might be for research, but also maybe it's a volunteer thing. No, generally you would not get paid for it. If you're doing it for ancestry testing, then you, you're wanting their service. But they, they may have initially paid some people when they set up their databases years ago, but nowadays they are not uh, doing, um, doing payments for, for uh, these commercial services. Um, and even for research purposes, uh, we, don't, we don't pay our volunteers uh, for ethical reasons, people need. To, if if people volunteer, they need to do it because they are genuinely volunteering, and not because there's an undue incentive of being paid to do something that they don't really want to do. Mm, so mm. generally, the answer is no. You don't get paid for it. 
Okay, another uh, um, one is asking, please ask if the DNA test can determine heritage down to small percentages. Example, 30% Scandinavian, 2% Native American, etc. They, they do that. They, uh, the commercial services that I've seen do that. I'd be a little bit skeptical once you get... Professor? All right, let's try and get the professor on a different line. And uh, what we'll do is we'll continue with all of your questions. 011-8830702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Masterclass. We're continuing with our masterclass on DNA and ancestry testing. Um, please, can you give us a call on 011-883-0702 in the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Um, earlier on, we did lose the professor when we were asking a question. Now, guest is Professor Scott Hazelhurst, Senior Scientist and Professor of Bioinformatics in the Witt School of Electrical Engineering and Information Engineering. So, Professor, the question was, please ask if the DNA test can determine heritage down to small percentages example 30 percent scandinavian two percent native american and uh, you were beginning to share with us your skepticism over something professor professor okay so so you can't hear me okay now we can hear you now we can hear you yes okay then yes so so you can definitely uh, tell people's ancestry down, I would guess, accurately to about the 4 or 5% region. It does depend to some extent on which regions of the world your ancestry came from. You'd get better resolution in parts of the world that have been better studied. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you can definitely get fairly accurate uh, down to, I would say, 4 or 5%. Below that, I think it's perhaps too uncertain. So when, when it comes to South Africans, what kind of information are you seeing coming up in the type of data that's being detected? Yes, so that I don't have, privy, I, I don't have access to commercial services. I yes. can just tell you from the, the big studies that we've done on South Africans what, what we see. Yes. And of course, it's a really interesting question because, um, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier on about how do you define people? Uh, um, one of our studies, we, we studied about 6,000 black South Africans, mm. and, we, and we asked people to tell us about how they identified themselves and how their parents identified themselves mm. and how their grandparents identified themselves. And we see that there's a lot of fluidity. So someone might say, I think I'm Paddy, mm. but actually their mother was Sutu and one of their grandparents was Tsonga and another was Venda. So there's a lot of fluidity around identity. So we can definitely tell that there are differences between different people, mm. but it's a very hard answer to, to, to try and tease it out. Mm. And I'm not sure how the commercial services would manage, at what level of accuracy they would manage black South Africans, yes. uh, given that a lot, of the, a lot of the data is quite new. I, I, and I, I don't know what access they have to it. Yes. I think like for myself personally, I would just want to know like what percentage of me is white, because I look at, you know, my family lineage that I know of and there are certain, and if I were to call it European Caucasian features that come out, but we, we, we don't know where it comes from. Yes, yeah, so that, that <laughs> you would definitely get accurately. So you would get, for example, uh, 
what what proportion of your ancestry is European or perhaps from Asia mm. or is of, of Khoi or San ancestry? And of course, there's a lot of Khoi and San ancestry in black South Africans. Mm. And then what proportion would come from uh, people who are Bantu speaking, from Bantu speaking ancestry? All right, let's go to the lines. O double one double eight three zero seven zero two. We have Ivana in um, South Africa. Hi, Ivana. Oh, hi. Oh, I'm not. Yes, hi. go ahead. Thank you. Hi, Cross. Um, fascinating program. So, uh, what I wanted to ask you, just in terms of commercial kits, you know, that people try and bring in, you know, mainly from the States. Um, it seems there's a difficulty with SAPRA, with the uh, South African Health uh, Products Regulatory Authority, and they tend to hold these kits back, um, having some concerns about what they are. They say these are medical devices or IVDs. So there are hundreds and hundreds of us that have had um, tests um, or that have brought in tests, bought in kits, and they're sitting there with the health authority, regulatory authority. Is there anything we can do to try and explain that these kits really only contain a tiny test tube with a, um, a busted saline solution? I mean, other than, other than showing them what the, the contents actually is, no. I mean, it's fairly straightforward that what their contents are. But maybe SAPRA's concern is that some of these companies that provide ancestry testing are also promising testing for medical purposes. And that might be more their concern of the purpose that the test is being used for rather than the contents of the test itself. Okay. And, and, so, and that, I think, is a genuine really, concern. Right, because, because the kits that, that go off, I mean, all the testing happens in the lab, you know, with, with PCR, et cetera. Nothing happens here. So, for example, yes, but, but myself, they, what they do, what you... point, yeah, just to say that I'm, I'm adopted, so I'm trying, to, and I don't have any, you know, idea, you know, of, of my biological ancestry and genealogy, so I'm trying to find out. So here we, you know, it's, it's like such an impossible situation, you know, yes, I kind yes. of, try with my heritage and these are a number of of of, of the uh, products and companies out there family tree dna um ancestry all of them you know you kind of spread the net really wide and uh <laughs> it's a difficult situation and we mm. spend thousands on these kids and and i think for you um ivana obviously your situation of trying to trace um, your ancestry, because you are adopted, it's quite a big one. Professor, have you found many, um, um, or, or rather, if it is because the intention is for medical reasons, why would it, that need to be um, regulated? So, so SAPRA does regulate medical tests. Um, so I think there's a genuine thing there, but I do absolutely understand what Ivan is saying. And um, I, I'm not saying I'm not, I agree with SAPRA. I'm just saying maybe that is their motivation. And, and I haven't experienced that. I didn't experience that myself, although I did it, as I say, about 10 years ago. But some yes. friends of mine used, used uh, one of those services that Ivana used, uh, mentioned, yes. about two years ago. And they didn't, have, they didn't have any problems with bringing it into to the country. Um, so I, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I really feel for you. Um, and I think that you're absolutely in the right. But I don't have anything practical I can suggest other than trying to explain 
back to SAPRA, mm. what's in it and why you're doing it. And I think maybe the focus should be on explaining why you're doing the test rather than the content of the test. Thank you so much, Yovana, for that question. Here is a voice note. Hi, I am so sure that if I did the ancestor, ancestral testing, um, I would find that there's a, a, a white man just two, three generations back um, in my family because my grandfather, or rather two, three generations before my grandfather, because he was not just a yellow bone, he was a yellow, yellow bone with like greenish, bluish eyes, um, although he's technically black um and even on our family pay song they talk about fantoner so i'm sure the fantoner is somewhere in my lineage um but on, on a more serious note i think dna testing and ancestral testing would be so amazing for race relations because we'd realize how much more we have in common than we have different Thank you so much for that one. And, and, and I'm just thinking to myself, I saw Professor, um, um, there is some account a, a that I saw on TikTok. And one of the things that they do is that they try to resolve differences in society. So they took a group of people of which some of them were people of color and different um, um, cultures and, and that thing. And then another group were white people who clearly each of them were like, I can't stand Asians. I can't stand, you know, African-Americans. Very, very extreme. And then they ran this DNA ancestry testing to find that two people in that room on opposite groups were actually related. It was so fascinating. And obviously that kind of environment, you might need it to be controlled with other professionals, maybe psychologists and things like that. But from your perspective, and I know you are a scientist, but I'm sure you have a view. Do you think there could be benefits if en masse all South Africans just went into a database and we all knew what we are made up of? I, I think what this test, I think you're quite right, is that what these testings show is that there's often much more similarity uh, between us than we think. And that the, the types of definitions we make of groups are really artificial and cultural rather than built in through some sort of biology. So we're talking about doing DNA ancestry testing in order to try to categorize people, but actually often the science shows that those categorizations we think are so important are really things that we have uh, made up um, over time. And that often there's a lot more similarity uh, or differences between individuals in the same group than between individuals in different groups. Um, There is a question that somebody asked, which I don't think is valid because it was around, um, can DNA testing speak to sexual preferences? However, I want to use that question to ask, is there information that DNA or ancestral testing can tell us that people generally don't know about? So uh, definitely it can tell you about your immediate relatives and it can tell you uh, a lot about where your ancestors lived in in uh, 100, 200, 400 years ago. So definitely that a lot of that can be unknown to you. And then if you're doing it for medical testing, then it definitely, that's why, why it's used for medical testing is to uncover information that we aren't able to extract through other types of um, medical tests.
things such as uh, sexual preferences and um, and uh, political preferences and so on. I think we're in a much un- much unclearer uh, state. Uh, a lot of work that's being done on that. And it's very hard to understand the difference between um, nature and nurture mm. when it comes to things such as uh, political preference. Um, and so on. Because I was just thinking around, for example, people will speak about um, addiction can be genetic. So in some addiction, it's true that in some addictions, there is a genetic component to to addiction. Yes. Um, so, so that's, defi- that's definitely the case, although you're not going to get that from a, a simple DNA test. So you're not going to get a, uh, be able to do a test and then it'll tell you you've got this particular mutation and this means that you are uh, going to become addicted to alcohol. It might be something that is a contributory factor, but it won't in itself be uh, something you'll just get from an ancestry test. Yes, yes. Professor, I feel like there's so many things we really could have got into detail with and maybe we need a guinea pig to do an ancestry test that's willing to share on air and you might be able to talk us through it maybe with somebody who is like a historian that can speak to what that looks at, how far back it dates. But thank you so much, Professor Scott Hazelhurst. Maybe next week we need to have a part two, just a thought.